Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. All right, here, FEG's podcast. Ted here, John here. In a in a slightly uh, slightly worse mood, I think. I think when teams suffer two losses now, uh, I think all all of our teams lost. I'm pretty sure. I don't know, I don't think there was a team in DC that won uh, on Saturday that I'm aware of. Uh, everybody everybody in the DC metro Richmond area uh, did not have a good time. Did not have did not have a good week uh, of, of soccer. So we're, we're here, though. We're here to talk the game. And John's here. John, how are you doing, man? How was your weekend? It was good. My, it was my than... daughter's first birthday uh, party. So that was fun. Everybody uh, everybody was vaccinated. Everyone's hanging out in my house. It's funny how much. Wait till everyone has. Maybe some people have already done this. But like, have you, throw your first party. Uh, even So say you're an extrovert. and Throw your first party. And then wait until everyone leaves. And then you will feel like a deflated balloon. Because you have not had to have that sort of like social, uh, like you have to, and you've not been that on for a year probably. So it's uh, it was it was great, but it was also extremely tiring. <laughs> and I played baseball on Sunday, and that was like another level of tired. So. And then you said, "Oh well, I'll sit down and watch a soccer." Yes, game. <laughs> I will watch. I will go watch. I will go watch Loudon United. Uh, first, I will stay up until the middle of the night, and then and then I will stay up and watch Loudon. So it was good, good stuff, good times. Yep, let's talk times. about it. What's uh first before we get started? I don't have it with me here, but I want to announce to people who are listening to the show on Tuesday and then listening right now to those of you. Uh, we announced our first Patreon uh, contest uh, last week. I think we we did it. What we're doing is we are having a contest for the best piece of I don't know if you want to call it. It's not necessarily me. Online content uh, to convince DC United to uh, get a cherry blossom jersey. Uh, it can be a meme, it can be a graphic, it could be a poem, it could be whatever you want it to be. Uh, basically, if you are a Patreon subscriber to the show at the $5 tier, either now or if you join in this month, you're eligible to win a DC United Cherry Blossom scarf, which is great, particularly if you are on, you don't live close by to the stadium and can't go drive and get one. The only way to get one is, I guess, this contest. There's no other possible way. They're literally, this is it. There's nothing else. Uh, so that's what we're doing. Um, I will. We'll have a post up. It's already on uh, our Patreon page itself, vis- visible to everybody. Well, we'll share it again this week so everybody can take a look at that. And now let's talk soccer games. Let's talk about this uh, this team as I'm trying to get into the Reddit, the restream chat, which is not working very well. Uh, but yeah, let's let's dive right into this game. Uh, th- this is we we talked about how exciting, how interesting it is to talk about DC right now. And here we are at week three, and I feel like maybe we're kind of running out of things to talk about. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if the the panic button is setting in. I don't think we're hitting any sort of panic button. But nope. I mean, this was this was not a good game. Um, DC won the stats. They won the expected goals. They had 1.7 expected goals. I'm pretty sure that's the highest they've had all season. Um, offense looks out of sync. Defense does their best. I don't know if you directly fault them for any goals or just, you know, lack of pressure. Uh, there, there were some players that didn't have good games. Um, but I mean, overall it's kind of the, it, it's the same as it ever was uh, with, with this team. We, from, from week one to week three, I, I don't know if there's really anything really different you can pull from this team. Uh, do you feel the same John or do you have any different opinions? I don't know. I, I feel like it's very hard to draw conclusions right now. I mean, overall, you, like you said, we're not hitting the panic button, but I think even beyond that, it's hard to draw sort of consistent narratives between these games. They all, they all were bad for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, this game frustrated me a lot in the first half uh, because the attacking three looked like they had never met before. Uh, and of course the problem with that is that they have all played with each other before extensively. So normally your excuse is, oh, we have new players. We got to get them into. The, we've got to get them into the into the system. These guys all know each other, and you would think that they had just met because anytime anyone would make a run, they would hold the ball, and anytime they would play the ball through, the other players would just be standing flat-footed. And this happened over and over and over and over again in the first half. Uh, that I understand that the system dictates some of that, but also soccer is an improvisational game in a lot of ways. And they just don't read each other. And you have to. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's not like other sports. There's not a set play through open play. There's not, you're not going to call like, you know, formation seven with the ball. Like you have to be able to look at the guy and know what he's going to do. And boy, they didn't. 
I, I think I think there's some I think there's some very clear compatibility issues between the front three. If we're talking Flores, Assad, and Sorka, I think it, it does seem to me. I think Assad and Sorga are down here, and Flores is at sort of an elevated level uh, as far as what he wants to do with the ball. I saw again. I I I think everybody kind of came in frustrated with the front three. I think some people like almost wanted to just say you know almost wanted to rag on all three of them. I think maybe you and me, maybe you, I'm not sure. I, I think I checked with you chat during chat and maybe you're in the same boat. I, I am giving, I, I feel like we're all giving uh, Edison Flores a little bit of slack. Um, he did. He continues to do things on the field that I think are worth looking at. And I think he, he had a couple plays where I'm like, you know, there, there's a couple connections there he's making and it seems to me maybe he's thinking at a higher level than 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 Yumil Assad and Eric Sorga. And if we get a player that can get on his level or can at least interpret him a little bit better, maybe we have something here with him. Um, I thought he looked the best of the three. If we're if we're talking about you know no 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 one in a four one loss has a good game, but no. of the best of the three, I think Edison Flores is there. And and I think you know what we, Eric Sorga has now had every opportunity to stamp his place and say, nope, I'm the starter of this team. And you have a 17-year-old for San Jose that literally made him look silly. Um, particularly when you have a wide-open goal and somehow you play the absolute weakest shot you can possibly make to that open goal, and it doesn't go in. Um, if I'm Hernan Lasada and Roberto's healthy, I, th- I think if Roberto's healthy, he's starting this game over, 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 over Sorga. But... I think at this point now it's painfully obvious. Sorga had probably his best opportunity he's had all year, and he wasn't able to put it put it put in the net. I know there is a a Sorga contention out there. Uh, I think they were all fairly quiet after this game, and I think even some are like, you know what, we need to look for other options. Whether it's Kamara, whether it's Jordi Reina, whether it's Roberta, we need something else out here. And we and and, and most importantly, this game this is going to be a theme. We need healthy bodies. Yeah, <laughs> most important we need thing bodies. probably. Uh, I think I think to close off on Edison Flores, I think that the his physical fitness is covering for some other elements right now. I think if you had ten Edison Flores on the field, you're in business. Like I think I think that that is a he if he can play the way that Aaron Lasada wants him, wants him to play, he could do that for ninety minutes. And I don't know if anybody else can. Yeah. Um, I I think that he is, you know. He does not seem to me, and, and through very short, you know, st- not as not as small of a sample size as before, but growing a little bit, he does not seem to me like a game breaker. He seems to me like a really good, a, a very good role player on a good team. Like if he he seems like a, a piece you got to have to win. He does not seem like a piece that can make a bad team good. Uh, that that I that I do not see that in him, and I will be glad to be wrong as the season progresses and he sort of. Like your 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 threshold always is, does he make the players around him better? And I think that's a fair threshold. And I don't, you know, the way he has played so far, that I don't see that. I just see him being if if he has good talent around him, he's steady and he's reliable, and that's what you need to be good. I, I don't know. That's 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 what I what the the thing that came away from this game and the previous game. I was thinking about other teams around the league and sort of players that are you know staples of teams. That if you pulled them out and put them somewhere else, they wouldn't make an impact. But you, they also would lose without that player. Um, uh, that that's that's just sort of I thought I thought of uh, Ozzy Alonso uh, of of the old Seattle days. Obviously, he got old and they moved him on, but he was a player who made their midfield work. Uh, he wasn't a he wasn't flashing on his own, but he was he was integral. And I think that that's that's the sort of player I see him being more than sort of your classic number ten. Five million dollar player from from Mexico. That's just my read on him. Yeah, and we'll. I, I'm not ready to write off that he doesn't have that potential um, to be that. I think he can be if he can become a very solid player, and we find players that he can work with, and he can support those players. He can he can he can work well with that team. Um, then I, I think you still may have some. You still may have something. Um, I, I will say that. The Federico Iguains, yes, there's still the 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 Zalariens, the the Reynosos of the world, in 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 MLS that is, but the there is a contention that 
a lot of MLS teams are not over-reliant on one player like they used to be. Uh, LAFC has Vela, but they're still able to go out there and play well without him. So the the notion of the sort of single it, it, it can make a difference if you if 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 you find that right player who can sort of elevate that team. Um but I say it's not the only path of path to, of success. Um No, I think like, the challenge is more that he's a fi- he's a five million dollar player on a team yeah. that doesn't spend money. So he is your he's your all he is your all time true most you've ever spent and that and he's a player that is not noticeably making the players around him better. True. And he's healthy now. So that's I think what the commenters here are saying about that sort of like it's the you know return on a return on investment not necessarily the player himself I think that's but, uh, generally fair. Uh, I will say he 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 gets some comparisons to Acosta and I think that is a little bit unfair to him and it's also unfair of who Acosta had around him when he had his biggest success and what what uh, what Flores has around him. Uh, and that that I think I, I think everybody is kind of looking at him through Acosta colored glasses in a sense. How much did Acosta cost? Uh, a million dollars. Correct. Right. Yeah. So that's the only that's the only thing I think yeah. that one when it's 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 not fair. It happens in sports all time. Yeah. Where you're judged on your price tag that, that you came in on, whether you're a first round draft pick or they traded away the best player for you or whatever it is like. That's just the way it goes with with fan expectations. You've got to deliver on the things that are outside of your control. We'll see, uh, though. He uh, he. The, we we need him to be good. So so we certainly don't we certainly don't want him to be bad or 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 not performing to the to the levels that we're hoping. But he's not the problem with this team. He's no. he's one. He's the probably the best player on the field right now. So that's yeah. probably let's let's let we can, we can back off and, him a little and, bit and talk about the rest of the team. And you know, there, there's still like I said. This team needs, I think, some different. Get some different players around him. Get it. Get an Ariola around him. Maybe one of these strikers can work out. Roberta Kamara. Maybe we can find something here. I, I'm not ready. I, I'm not. I think a lot of us who are maybe Flores apologists uh, are in the sense of let's see what you know. He's healthy now, which I think he wasn't in 2020. He's shown. I feel each game he's getting a little bit. He's showing me a little bit more. A little bit more. Enough that I'm intrigued, and, and and I want to see more, and I want to see maybe with some different lineups, um, well, lineups that will be created when we have more than 15 healthy bodies. <laughs> well, as soon as as soon as we have real, as soon as we have some real options around us, we'll actually get to see some different lineups. I'm excited for that personally. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let, let's 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 talk about the rest of the field. Um, let's 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 go let's go to the back. Uh, let's go to to Mr. Chris Seitz. <laughs> Um, Chris Seitz had a, had a, had a rough day, uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, the first goal, he was also memed. Maybe the worst thing yeah. about him is that he got memed. <laughs> yeah, he got memed. He got memed on the, on the Jackson. Goal. Let's talk about the Jackson goal, because I feel like that, that goal was particularly unfair to him. Um, I think they showed a behind the goal cam of that. Um, I, I don't know what goalkeeper you are. There are probably maybe some goalkeepers where if they, if they're quick enough and they guess kind of right on where the shot is. Maybe they make a save. Maybe they ever get a palm to it. Uh, but if you're if you're most goalkeepers in the world, you're not stopping that. That was a that was a really nice goal from Jackson Yule. I, I think he was unfairly panned on that. Now the uh, the Cade Cow goal, uh, the run. People people in the stadium say the the angle doesn't do it justice. Uh, the fact of the matter is that there's an old the, the old adage of goalkeeping is you don't get beat to your near post. Uh, no matter how good the shot is, you don't get beat to your near post. And he got beat to his near post on that shot. Um, so I think that's a better argument for maybe he stops that. Um, I'm also, yeah. I'm also, as we're talking right now, watching the goal that we conceded in 57 seconds. Uh, Ugh. that was not great for a number of reasons. Uh, it starts off the, the move starts off with a turnover in San Jose's side with Gressel just fooling around. They get no pressure. You know, I think it's like a six or seven pass buildup, no pressure on the ball. Chris Seitz gets no push off at all on the save uh and then the team is behind in 57 seconds which is frustrating for dc united fans more than most because that is a chronic problem now that has spanned two coaches multiple years uh that this team is not turned on from the get-go and has ju- it just falls asleep and doesn't doesn't you know i think if you said anything about the I don't know. I want to say the Chad Asher regime, but there was there were times there were times when the first fifteen minutes were like hell for leather, pressure, like you were gonna get tired out and not probably win, but at least you didn't concede in the first five ten minutes. Yeah. And this was 
you know, you're you're behind the eight ball on the road, shorthanded. You concede in the first minute. You're you're already you're already kind of cooked. Yeah, and and I will say from the get go, this team Moses Nyman, I don't think had a bad game. I think he was he was he was okay uh, in a lot of ways. I think the first I'd say about 20, 30 minutes he was very very rough, and then uh, we have inside knowledge from the stadium that Lasada was was barking at him, and he he got a little bit better. I think he he improved a little bit. Uh, but this team really missed Russell Knauss out there. Um, I think more than ever, his ability to uh, to perpetuate the uh, to perpetuate the the press, to go after the ball, to to, to really play Lasada style. He has been one of the more impressive players. Um, I, I want to stop saying, Rudy. You, you need a new you need a new sound effect, my friend. By the way, just want to say that. All right, moving on. Um, Kate, uh, Kate, uh, just a, one more piece on the Kate Cowell goal. Uh, you don't want Fred Briant in a foot race on the outside. So any any defensive system that does not provide Briant cover where he's one on one running against a seventeen year old kid, that's uh we got to watch that. <laughs> we got to make sure that make sure he doesn't get isolated like yeah. that because that's just not fair to anybody. Well, let's let, let's 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 talk about the defense a little bit. Um, you have Fred Briant, uh, Tony Alfaro, and uh, goal scorer Tony Alfaro. To- goal scorer Tony Alfaro and Brendan Heinzike. Also, goal scorer. <laughs> so I, I think we can we can safely say Heinzike and Afaro have been good enough that I think they they've they're they're, they're starters right now. Yeah. Um. I'm not sure Pines eclipsed them. Heinzike also had the hockey assist on that Alfaro Alfaro goal. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and and uh, to give to give uh to give uh to give uh to give. Flores credit, he had the key the key pass on that from the and, from the set place. And Yamil and Yamil had the the NBA style box out that enabled the enabled the the goal to be scored. So that was so Yamil takes it down off his chest and then provides a little bit of space for again uh, Tony Alfaro, the guy that we that I said was just a guy <laughs> who has played very decently well uh and then always even scored a goal so uh yeah that was that was the brief moment of 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 light that we had here in the first half and then it just didn't really get any better yeah yeah um yeah the the, the brief goal light again another another set piece goal from a defender um <laughs> classic this, this is what we drew it up uh, yeah this is what this team is um but yeah but so i mean as far as so we got burnbaum coming back in june we got pines supposedly coming back any of those players do you see eclipsing i mean maybe maybe Birnbaum when he's healthy maybe he, he challenges for that spot but i mean we, we talked a lot about donovan pines being an important player right now i'm not so sure Pines steps in i think maybe he makes a substitute appearance maybe he gets a spot start to give one of these guys a break um but i i don't know i don't know if he i don't know if if you see if you see donovan pines uh step in like we maybe thought he would at the beginning of the year i think we all thought tony ofaro was going to be the be the guy on the bench uh but he but he, uh, but right now he has proved himself to be a starter on this team. Yeah, I think probably. I think that. I think that we're likely to see Alfaro have a have a clunker at some point here. I think as he, whenever a player far exceeds his, the the like the back of his uh, like you know statistics that he's played over the time, um, something to look for. This is this is he's having a good run of form. I think that I think both Pines and Burnbaum are likely to displace him. Uh, at the, in the long term, I think he'll go back to being what he was originally intended to be, you know, a good, a good, a good rotational option, uh, depth for these situations when you have injury crises, which we have the biggest one in human history, and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit more in a minute. But just <laughs> and we'll, we'll uh, talk about some of, some of uh, some of Lasada's post game comments. Yes, uh, that's what I'm. That is so. That is what I allude. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as far as the, I don't think there's much more to talk about the rest of the game. Other notes, Felipe. Uh, I got a got a good chunk of time. Uh, Moses Diamond, like you said, did not have a great game. I think he had moments, certainly moments that make me want to have him on the field more often. Mm-hmm. I think that he is he's got you know the things we said beforehand. His passing range is good. Uh, his uh, his decision making is pretty decent. I think that like he struggles. Uh, he he I, struggled with. I felt there were times when he would. You would want him to go and challenge, and he would just kind of like pressure, and not really challenge. And uh, you know uh, that might work in for younger players or for different teams, but for a team like San Jose, they're like, "Oh, you're just going to pressure me? Great. Well, I'll just find another option then." Um, so I thought there were times you would see, you definitely see people like Kanaus go at 
the, the and try to make a tackle, make a play. And I think he had a couple fouls to start the game. I'm pretty sure he got a yellow card towards the end of this, uh, towards the end of this game. But I, I think that's that's more what I'm seeing out of him is just a, a lack of to sort of commit commit to act an actual press. What are you laughing at? You're I'm sure? laughing. I'm sorry. I'm la- I'm watching the highlights as we ha- as we do the yeah. show. Uh, but I'm watching <laughs> I'm watching Sorga's like set shot attempt where he didn't score, and then I'm watching Jungwirth like just like do a wrestle like a world wrestling federation like like appeal to the crowd after he stopped the ball going three miles an hour going off the line <laughs> just just horrible all the way around just really really bad uh and then the fourth goal conceded uh Cade Cowell's assist I, I I made a joke on Twitter that uh DC United is looking to trade a European golden boot winner uh for Cade Cowell if, if San Jose is listening <laughs> uh, but he gets the assist in the 84th minute uh, again, another sort of near post. Just, just Chris did not. This is not a game Chris is going to want to watch any tape of. He, uh, I think he's definitely should have saved that one. The Jackson Ewell goal, like you said, unsighted, no chance. Uh, the rest of them, though, I think he would have feel like he probably could have done better on on most of them. Agreed. Um, and I, I guess it, it's tough. It's tough to say, you know, because Lasada brought up the stats in his post game. And he said, look, you know, we, we had more shots on target. We had more opportunities, uh, you know, and, you know, we we had higher expected goals. We had all these things that that are very positive. And I, I, I do tend to I do tend to agree. And one, one thing I want to I want to say about Lasada and one thing I, I've liked so far. Yes, the slow starts are concerning. But I think what we've seen, you know, our biggest problem with, with, with Ben Olsen, we talked about this, was there was always a plan A. There was never a plan B, C, D. Um, and in this game, I thought we saw... At the very least, we and, and over the past couple of games, we've seen Lasada make adjustments. They're very clear adjustments, either switching wingers or switching players around, giving different instructions. Um, I think uh, we saw Gressel be more out wide. He started shifting in center. Um, so, so honestly, I I, I do think that uh, what we're seeing from what we're seeing from Hernan is a definite change from Olsen in that regard, and that's very positive to see. Uh, a coach who's sort of willing to say, okay, my game plan is not working. And it wasn't working very clearly. Let's adjust. And they actually improved and they got better. So I do think if they can figure out that front three and they can get a front three that works together and can put, you know, good opportunities on, we're going to see a turnaround in this game, uh, in this team. So that that's just one one little caveat I've noticed so far this year that I've liked. Uh, so the, 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 positive. the big quote. We'll, yes. we'll, we'll we'll talk about the we'll talk about the, the rest of Ernan's quotes from the post game. Uh, we were going to be on the press ga- the, the post game show, but it was uh, three in the morning, whatever the hell it was, and I was like, no, I'm not. We're good. We don't need to be on it. Uh, but basically, when I asked sort of about the fact that, hey, dude, you don't got no players. Where are all your players at, man? He said, I told you before the game, this group was not fit enough. They came back from four months off season, totally unfit. Many were overweight. Nobody had control over what the players were doing in those four months, and some of them are paying the price. So that's not subtle about what he feels about where the players uh, came back to him. What the uh, yeah. I think I think our producer was talking about sort of the uh, the Zillow pictures versus the actual condition of the house when he arrived uh, were not the same. Uh, this is the part that I thought was the most interesting. He said, "I, I when asked about the fact that." All your it appears that you're running your players into the ground. What's going on? He said, I'm not planning to change the way we are training or the way we are working. All the departments need to change and need to adapt to our way of work, not the other way around. I guess DC United hired me to make a change and not to keep doing the things we've been doing the last 10 years. So there, there there's a man who's not mincing and, words. And, and, and Ben and Ben also heard that quote was like, oh, come on. Yeah, he flicked him <laughs> off. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, Ernan." Uh, yeah, well, and we'll, and we'll so, talk about Ben Olsen's appearance on a podcast here in a little bit. That was, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it. I, I had, I, unfortunately, I have not had a chance to. Listen I'll, to that, I'll, I'll give you the, I'll give you the high notes. But overall, man, what, so, what, are, what are your thought? What are your thoughts on sort of his direct honesty here? So, I, I, I listened to the whole. I, I'm going to defend Hernan a little bit in this, in this, in this scenario. Did Steve did did Goff chop him up a little bit here, a little bit too much? I, I think so. Here, here, here's what I think. I, I think Hernan that came out. That answer seemed to me when I when you listen to the when you actually listen to the comment came out a little bit of a frustration over the question because I think he is honestly tired of hearing about this. And 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 to his credit, we did learn that Kanaus's injury was due to a second COVID vaccination. He was not feeling 100, percent and Hernan was like, "Just stay home." 
which, you know, it's not anything to do with how Ernan's running players in the ground. It's that the COVID, the second COVID vaccination sucks. I had it. It, it did not make the next day. I felt uh, pretty bad. Uh, we can argue about whether the, they should be getting it, you know, right before a game or maybe give themselves a couple days. Either way, you know, I, I think that was the that was the idea. We're, we're also learning. We, we learned from uh, from Paul Riola and, and sort of a lot of other players about how how much how, how the judging of whether a player is fit or not or not is, is is assessing a higher standard. And I think that's because he knows the system he's trying to implement. He says, I need you to be 100 percent fit. Because it does me no good to get you 80% of the way there and then have you play this really high-pressing system, work you in training, and then you're back injured again and you're gone the other two weeks. I, I want, I'd rather take those two weeks, get you 100% fit, make sure you're good to go. So I actually agree with what he – when you're trying to do this very much a revolution, this is actually a pretty good thing for like a player's future and for ensuring players' health. I think the question he got – I think he got annoyed at the question because he's been asked about it. And he said, look, I've – basically it's – I told you – I have I have told you from like from all these prep conferences before before the first game their fitness was lacking in this team this team was not fit enough this team was not out there playing like basically stop asking me this question it's always going to be the same and you know 60 60 to 70 percent of this I think he also said was from last season I, I mean that's it seems like a lot because this team started out I think with a lot of players that were injured coming into the year and they sort of started to work their way back and they've had a few players that have had some setbacks. Um, so, so I, I, I think I'm going to defend him a little bit. I think that was more of an annoyance at, um, at, at golf for asking that question. I feel like he's heard that question enough. You also have to remember, uh, he is probably the first coach in DC night history who has no clue who Stephen golf is probably when he arrives. So Stephen golf, I think took a little bit of it. Was it his, today. was it his question or just, just it in was his, his article? question. It was okay. absolutely Stephen golf's question. I, I heard the press conference. Okay. So I, and, and golf, you know, to his credit ran with it because he is a, he's a journalist. He's been doing this for a long time. And, and I, I'm not at all saying that Stephen golf is, you know, a tabloid journalist trying to ask gotcha questions. No. But when he asked that question and got that response, he knew what his story was going to be. Sure. Well, uh, hey, cause, 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 you got to find something journalist. to write an interesting yeah, exactly. article after that game. So so I, I think maybe we're making more that we've heard from players, from Felipe, from Brendan. When I asked Brendan Hines Ike about the fitness, he said, this is the way the modern football is. I think there are – I feel like I know that the media coverage of D.C. is different. We don't usually hear about things that happen in the locker room. I do feel if there was growing just, just absolute anger – at what Hernan was trying to do, you would have some unnamed sources come out. Someone would call up a reporter and say, this guy's crazy. He's, he's, he's doing crazy stuff to us. Everybody genuinely seems on board. With Give it a team. few months. Yeah. Give it a few months. And if, if results don't turn around, if results are bad and they don't get better with people returning, I think you're going to, I think you're going to hear some people. I think the people that got sent to fat, to fat camp are going <laughs> to comment in August and say, what is this guy doing? What does not know what he's Fair. doing? Uh, but for but right th- now, for right now, no one, no, we're not hearing those things. We're not. So, yeah. It's not. I, I thought. I just thought it was interesting. The other department, all the departments need to change, need to adapt, not the other way around. That to me also says about player recruitment. That to me says you need to bring me players that are self disciplined enough that in the off season, if they're not given a, they're not going a work plan, they're not going to come back to training camp out of weight or out of out of shape. I think that's. I think. I think that there are players that are on Ernan's S list. Now I don't know what kind of grudges he holds, but if he is, if he is, you know, it, I, I think of Mourinho. I think if you make a mistake with Mourinho one time, you're done. You're not. You're just done. <laughs> you're. It's over for you, Danny Rose. It's over for you, Deli Alley. Uh, if you came back to camp and you were fat and you were not ready to work, uh, buddy, I don't know if you don't have a long-term guaranteed contract. I don't know that you'll be back next year. I think that this this year is about. You know, I think someone said it on on the Discord. This may be a fitness year. This may be a figure out who can run and who can, who who has the body and the and the uh, the discipline to be able to make it through a full season of this, rather than talking about you know challenging for things. We'll see. That's just that, you know, that's three games. That's three games uh, in with uh, one win. Talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll 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 see. I mean, like I said, we all we all were thinking at the beginning of the year that Cincinnati was going to run away with the league. Like, oh, that was what everybody was saying. Oh, wow, look at the great game they played. Look how great Acosta had. He gets injured, and and they and they have now been pantsed in two Oof. straight games. <laughs> not a good, not a good, so, not a good so, uh, run for them. So another another way to say it is, you have other teams that are in way worse straits right now than DC. 
yep. Minnesota, Cincinnati, like Minnesota, especially everybody had them as like, you know, oh, they got Renault, so they're going to be great. And they have lost three straight games and they have looked not good doing it. So, um, again, it's early, early goes, early goes in the in the season um, for, for this team. So I, I want to see some more players. I want to see some healthy bodies that are different than the healthy bodies that we have, particularly in the attack. Before we can really start drawing some serious conclusions about, about exactly. where this team is headed, where this team is headed. All right. Uh, any other any other thoughts you want to have on the game? Um, any other? No. I mean, I think that the, I think that this is uh, we have historically done pretty well against San Jose. I think on the road early in the season is was always going to be a hard ask. I think this next game is going to be a hard ask. Oh, I think yes. you're looking at potentially having three points through four games uh, after this game in Columbus. You do have Columbus playing in the in the Champions League. Uh, the the big story is that their uh, Zellerion is 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 going to be out for that game. He picked up a yellow card. He'll be out for the Champions League game, so he will be healthy, which is not a good thing. <laughs> they so, could they could probably yeah. beat us without with yeah. with or without him on Thursday. I think based on the way the season they start. I think their first game was a little bit rough, but I think they're they're starting to pick back up on their their normal. Yeah. The fact that they won the cha- the 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 league last year is starting to show quality is showing. And we'll be curious. We'll be curious to see who who comes out, um, who who come who who comes back healthy next week. That's going to be the question: is is who who's back and who else can we get a look at, um, maybe for this season? So, um, I think players that are potentially getting close. No, there's there's no there's no knowing. I was gonna, I was gonna looking quickly through. Uh, yeah, MLSsoccer.com slash injuries. The injury report on MLS Soccer is is no, is no bueno. Canals will be back. He his was a his was a vaccine uh, reaction, so he'll be back. There's no <laughs> there's no reason he won't be back. Uh, and Nigel Roberta's injury was in fact a a scar tissue injury from three years ago in his hamstring that they, that they detected. So I don't know. I don't necessarily know how long that means they're going to work through it. I don't know. Maybe that means he's going to go in the he's going to go into the sort of the the sports science recovery section of the team and sort of try to get that worked out. If it's if it's that, it feels like it's something that's not a week to week thing. It feels like they're, that's something that they're going to want to set through. But the problem is, they got they've got no depth there at, at Ford right now. They've, they're they're down to the to the to the to the bottom of the barrel. So I will I will think based on based on Hernan's, you got to think maybe a player like Ola Kamara can come back. I'm not sure about Jordi Reyna's situation. I, I'm trying to still got another three weeks. I think three weeks on on his and, and maybe even longer with with what we've seen. Um, I, I think maybe you could see Ola Kamara come back. Uh, Donovan Pines, I think, was supposed to be a couple weeks, so maybe he's back next next week. So maybe we've got some defensive options out there. Uh, so you know, I it's I I, I think well, I think we'll have at least one player that we haven't seen come back onto the field. Um, obviously, including Russell Canals. Who we just got to get through this time. Basically, yeah. this is just the this is just the grit 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 your teeth and bear it section of the schedule. This is this is the time where literally you're making you're making your thoughts on on who who you want to keep around who you want to start. Every player out there knows that there's reinforcements are coming at some point. The, the injuries won't last forever. They're not none of them are like seven season in, season ending injuries. Players are going to be back. Uh, you think a guy like Chris Seitz isn't thinking about it? A guy like uh, Tony Gofaro, other players. That's so. a good. That's a good. Let's draw that out a little bit. So. Uh, we're potentially missing eight starters. I think that 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 was the number that Dave Johnson used in the broadcast. Who of the players that are filling in right now have made the have made a good case for themselves? I think you, I think we mentioned it early. Tony Alfaro, I think, has made the most of his opportunity. Are there are there any other players that you think that are have uh, covered themselves in glory at all in the in these three games? Russell Knaus yeah. definitely won. Um, G- uh, Mora, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Mora, Mora. I'm going to say yes because I don't think I, I, I want Mora to be there because then I want when Ariola comes back to him to be for Ariola to be higher up the field. Yeah. Um. I, I think Gressel's been solid. I, I think there were some fans that weren't happy with his performance. I thought he was fine in this game. Um. I, I thought he. I thought he did enough. Uh. Did enough in this game. I think he's done enough this year to really say that that I think he should be. He should be around. Um, Assad certainly has played himself onto the bench in yeah, my mind yes. so far. He he is making it seem like the 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 TT Rodriguez move is a is a necessity and it creates depth by having Assad move to the bench. By the way, I have been the unofficial TT Rodriguez tracker 
because I follow him on FootMob, and he had a man of the match performance last week and scored a goal this week for Estudiante. So his contract still expires in the summer. I don't know. I believe that if potentially if he starts contributing, and he hasn't really been, but if he starts becoming an every game contributor, I think probably we'll just want to stay. I think Estudiante's probably just extends his contract and he's not coming here. But well, that's that's a question beyond my pay grade. I just like to keep the fans apprised of TT's uh, movements. And, and, and you got to think too with with how badly things went in 2019. Whether anybody would want to, like some players might not want that. That's a bad situation to go into. Um, uh, Brian's dropping some stats. For yeah, this is, a, this is a this is a this is a fun stat. Uh, Brian says for all the talk about offense, 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 DC United has the fourth lowest xG against through the three games. So the defense that looks a little bit shaky is apparently restricting. Uh, good chances, maybe allowing some out of the box or for or like outside of the box op- opportunities. And think about it: New York City FC stifled, yeah. New England stifled, and these are two teams that filled up the net the, the following week. San Jose has just been pretty good. San Jose has scored well, uh, in every game they played. What What's the missing piece from San Jose in those other games? Uh, what is the missing piece? Russell Canals. Yes, Russell Canals. Oh, you really, you really, you're in the, you're on the driving the ship. I, I am on the Russell Canals <laughs> hype train. I am driving that ship. He is, right. he has looked so good. He All right, is, I, I don't disagree. Not, I don't disagree. Say, and when you see you go rewatch that game and re, oh, rewatch that game. No. Rewatch. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you if you want to if you want to hate yourself, rewatch that game. Watch the first half and then watch as soon as uh, Felipe comes in, who plays a similar style, but he's a little bit older. And they actually he locks down that center of the field. So I, I really I, I am on the I'm on the canal hype train. All right. Well, hopefully he's uh, hopefully he's drinking a lot of water. Hopefully he's <laughs> having his Gatorade and he's going to be back. He'll definitely be back for Columbus. There's no way that he won't be. So I, he'll be back. He'll be back starting. Um, I, I feel like that's I feel like that's a bow on this game. Um, yeah. We're excited. We'll have our preview show on Thursday. I don't necessarily. We don't necessarily have uh, any of our guests booked yet because this was a weekend of rest. But we'll. We'll. You know. We always. We always make that happen for you guys. So we'll have uh, some sort of preview uh, about Columbus. We'll watch. Probably Ted and I will watch the Champions League game this week to see how uh, how they do, and hopefully all of their players get cramps, <laughs> and they and they have a similarly small bench. Uh, but I, I think that's probably where we're going to leave that. Uh, I had the opportunity to watch the Loudon game. Uh, I, I, I won't, you know, we're not going to get too deep. I think I asked, uh, one of the guys from two loud Adams that they wanted to call in. I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're watching now. Anyone, anyone can call in 202-709-8441. Yeah. Call in if you want to, if you want to get in on the show. But, uh, so the loud United game started off, uh, bad, badly, badly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they conceded two goals, uh, but within 60 seconds of each other, uh, neither of them. I don't. I don't believe neither of them were defensively uh, highlight reels for for Loudon. They're not going to look back on either of those. Uh, I want to make sure I get the names. Uh, Paco Craig scored a header. This was um, he was just tall. He just jumped high and scored, and that's that's going to happen. That's fine. The real problem was uh, an own goal by your 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 Richmond compadre, yes. uh, Wahab Akwe. Uh, defecting a ball, but it wasn't just him. Uh, uh, Logan Pancho had a had a bad movement. Uh, spacing was bad. Uh, it just it resulted in a goal right away. And then and then you're just saying, well, clearly the game is over now. That's uh, this is <laughs> <laughs> this is this looks super bad. And the problem with the problem with Loudon, well, there are there have been. I was going to say the problem with Loudon is their defense, but they've also not been able to score that many goals. So the problems have been manifest. But um, this was a bad start. However. Uh, Loudon, uh, I don't know, I don't know how, how, how bang on the red card was, but in the 14th minute, uh, eventual goal scorer, Cairo Mustafa was taken down on a breakaway red card to now a dog. So, um, but then, uh, the, basically they just knocked on the door for the, ent- the entire rest of the game. I think the number of shots were like 34, yeah, 34 shots. Uh, nine of which on frame, 34 shots being the fifth most of any USL championship team in history uh, in a game, uh, resulting in one goal. Cairo uh, scored a, a nice goal. It was a, it was a good opportunity. Ted Cudi Pietro came in in the second. I'm not going to get into too deep into the game, but uh, Cudi Pietro came in in the second half, looked and looked up for it. Almost had a, I think he dribbled past two or three guys in the box. 
uh, on his first touch, on his first time on the ball. I hope to see him from the start uh, next week. Uh, they play, I think their next game is, I wanted to say it was at home against, I wanted to say it was at home, but either way, I, I think, uh, yeah, May 18th, they've got, <laughs> why do they do this to them? They have a 16 day layoff in between games. Uh, uh, some excuses for Loudon. They played two preseason games, all preseason. One of them was against DC United. One of them was against Philly United two, uh, Philly Union two. They conceded, I believe, five games to the DC, five goals to DC, four goals to Philly. So the defense was not looking hot to begin with. Uh, Miami, the the by the way, their name is the Miami FC, which is yes. uh, we hate that. That's bad. <laughs> that's real bad. Rocco, uh, but Rocco Camiso's team is is I think that's owned by Rocco Camiso. Also, I, uh, uh, I believe they're uh, fun facts, fun for the super DC DC United nerds among the listeners. Uh, Cristiano Francois, former DC United player, uh, is on their team. Lance Roseboom, former DC United player, on their team. I believe the coach is Paul Daglish, uh, which you should know as a as a Liverpool as a Liverpool man. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a, it was their first game in I think 240 days, first official game that game that counted. They ended their season early last year due to COVID. Uh, so, uh, it's going to, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go and say it's going to be a tough year. I think that their their offense showed with a man advantage in the second half, uh, some, some creative ideas. I think they were, they were doing a lot more to get the ball wide. Uh, Logan Pancho had, other than the mistake had a pretty decent game, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, watch it. Uh, they're, they're not, I don't believe that they're, um, shorthanded. I don't know how many players from DC were they not making up the numbers for the bench at United would be down there. Uh, Johnny Boulevard, who was loaned to uh, Loudon last week, played, I don't know if he played 90 minutes, played about 70 minutes. Uh, not not impressed so far, first half. Uh, certainly, I mean, the the you know the, the scouting report on him was not ready for DC United, not ready for prime time, based on a very small sample size. That is, that is correct. Darluis Paz, I believe the only player who did not who did not, that wasn't a goalie, did not get in the game, uh, a winger that people are excited to see. So that's your Loud United update. You know, you know what the, most, the hilarious part about is that I had totally forgotten that like, Miami FC existed until I saw them on Loud United's like roster because like I assumed that they had dropped out because of Inter Miami. Were they, uh, what, what, what league were they in before? So, so they, so, so they have a story and they are owned by Ricardo Silva, uh, who Ricardo Silva actually, they play at Ricardo Silva Stadium. Uh, good to be rich, man. Which, good to, which good is to... <laughs> which is the home stadium of the uh, Florida uh, Inter- like Florida International. I think that is FIU uh, football team. Uh, yeah, Florida, Florida International University football team. So they play. They they co own that stadium, but Ricardo Silva paid for it. This is the guy. This is the guy, by the way, who showed up and said he wanted to buy buy the rights to MLS TV with. I think it was like for like three million, three billion dollars or something like that, or pay sure. a ridiculous pay a ridiculous amount of money for it. But wanted wanted them to implement promotion and relegation. That was his like his idea. And MLS said, "Nope, sorry, <laughs> we can't talk about this right now. I'm going to stop you right there." Um, so, so that that's the story. And, and they're still they're still there. I guess Ricardo Silva still is 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 using up his money on on that team playing in uh playing in Miami. So, uh, they 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 started the team in Miami, played in the NASL. They along with Rocco Camisa were kind of the reasons that that league fell apart because they wanted to kind of challenge mls they wanted to to be this big league and and ultimately it all it, it all kind of fell apart and then now he's playing uh to be fair he at least still owns the team and now he's in uh now he's in uh he he's in the usl championship which is the most hilarious part about it is that he he railed against the franchise system one in pro rel and then he didn't have a league for his team to play with i think they tried to do mpsl or something like that and he's like i'm, I'm just gonna go to the usl i'm just i'm just gonna go ahead and here, here's the money Let, let's keep my team going so um Funny, funny story there. American soccer is nothing but weird. Uh, that's that's certainly true. So plenty of plenty of uh, <laughs> uh, ill-fated leagues and reason. I, I always think of uh, as Rio OKC oh, with the rolled up with the rolled up turf. <laughs> and now we got Queensboro FC down in uh, down in Queens, and they're going to have they are they they will have the first soccer specific stadium in New York, seven thousand seats. They already have the deal and everything. So um, and and NYCFC is still playing at Yankee Stadium. So. All, uh, all, all funds, all fun things there in American soccer. The only reason I'm, I'm mad the Open Cups cancel is because we don't get like Miami FC versus uh, versus uh, versus Inter Miami. I think that would be a that would be a fun matchup. 
Fun local. Christos FC versus the Miami FC. <laughs> That's true. They're in League Two, I think. Now, they are. Right? Yeah, they, they are. Moved, they moved up to League Two. So. The, for those of you who do not remember, they were a team that uh, got ahead of DC United in the U.S. Open Cup. And they Be, held. They held Richmond, a brief lead. I was at that game. Yes, at the at the Plex. Um, uh, they eventually did not win. However, that's not the exciting part of the story. <laughs> that was just a, a, a really cool. I think they got on Sports Center. It was a whole thing. But uh, yeah, now they're in League Two. Yeah, whole. Uh, uh, man, I'm so sad. The Open Cup's not coming back. Uh, next year it'll be next great. Year. Next year back, and it'll be full. I, I, we, I don't think we really like touched on like the whole falling of the Open Cup. And, and go ahead. I did, yeah, I do. I did want to say, I, I'm, I'm sad it's gone, but I'm kind of relieved because this was this was not an Open Cup. In, tr- in the in the true sense so um yeah well we, we gotta, would not have qualified through three games yeah, if, if the original have. plan so was our, our prediction I, I i was thinking about it like i was like oh man we might after the first game oh man we could do this like you know hey we got maybe we get a, a point out of uh out of new england and then maybe we get another point out of, or we beat san jose and hey maybe we're in the uh we're in the 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 open cup or the closed cup or whatever we want to call it <laughs> I have, to, have to wait have to wait for next year um where yeah. everyone's in it then then we'll just be, by default get a game yeah all right uh next we're going to talk richmond kickers no sorry we're not gonna not gonna do that give it give give them 30 seconds on the kickers let the um, people know they, they lost really they played really well their first game they had a even worse goalkeeping was happening in this game versus versus what we saw from chris sites and in, 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 in some other mls games this year uh, bad, bad goalkeeping. Uh, their normal goalkeeper, Akia Fitzgerald, was on the bench for this other keeper. I, I don't know if what 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 to make into that. I hope they have some other options there. He did not have a good game. Uh, overall, I think uh, things started out really well for the kickers, and they've they've uh, two bit two rough games. So next week, I, I I'm I'm not calling it a must win, but I think it's uh it's going to dictate I think whether this team has the expectations whether they can be met this year. I think or whether indication of whether the expectations can be met uh, will, will be decided in this game if they can't figure out a way to get three points. Do so. you want to bump the GoFundMe too? Oh, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for, for reminding that, guys. Uh, David Bulow, uh, a guy I've met personally. I've actually refereed against him in the fall too. He, uh, former former Richmond kickers coach. Uh, unfortunately, he suffered a uh, a stroke and then fell and is in uh, intensive care at a, at a in Richmond. Uh, so there's a GoFundMe page. Um, I will figure out a way to get a link. I, I don't know if I can find the link. We'll we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Put it in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, definitely check definitely check it out if you can donate donate a little bit. Uh, David Bill is a really really awesome guy, uh, a guy who who genuinely. I guess the story I have of him is we went to the uh, they how they, they the kickers did like post pre COVID world they did post game. Uh, post game events, and I think the kickers had a really, really bad loss. I, I remember the game didn't go well, and we kind of went there. We, we went out to, to I think Bingo Beer, uh, which is where we went, uh, where the post game party was, and no one was really showing up. And we kind of, you know, we were like, ah, oh, we'll just go. And then David Bulow shows up. Uh, dude, dude has charisma <laughs> like no other. Let me tell you, uh, just incredibly nice guy, genuine, genuinely nice guy. Um, and it, it was actually a really fun. Really fun night hanging out with him, and it's uh, it was very very shocking and sad. Um, and e- even refereeing against him, uh, he was very very generous. Uh, did not yell at me once. Which was nice. um, <laughs> That's so the bar very, for very, referees. Very fun. Made the game fun. The play the players were not the same, but uh, but but uh, <laughs> but he's be but he's a very very nice guy, and um, I feel really uh, re- really sad this happened to him. And I hope I hope he can pull through this. But uh, we'll put the GoFundMe in the show notes uh, if you can donate. Donated. I think they're at like eighty thousand of their fifty thousand dollar goal. But, oh, great! Uh, yeah, they made big progress on that. When I first saw the link, it was at eight thousand, and it was a couple yeah. days in. So that's great. I'm glad that that happened. Yeah. So check that out in the show notes if you have an opportunity to to donate. Donate. Uh, and one last thing, I I don't want to let it because we talked about him joining the team so much uh, before the season. I don't want to let it go without remark that Andy Nahar played thirty full minutes with the yes. team. His hamstrings did not explode. He looked decent. His movement was pretty good. He was not slow. He was he was he was he was definitely playing in a right wing back spot, uh, whereas before he was playing more of a center back, sort of stationary role. Um, great. He can only build on that. I think it's uh, the team. The team gave him a year with two option years, a team held option years, for the thinking that maybe they can get him right and he could be a valuable contributor. So if you're a longtime DC United fan, uh, in a in the midst of five thousand injuries. 
to have any heart back and and playing more than a cameo is is good news. It'll only go up from here. And and and, and his the way they're treating him sort of sends a message. If they're treating him like that, I think they're doing this with other players as well. And and yep. that's a change of pace for this team. Um, this team has been suffered habitual injuries, so I, I will be very curious this season what that looks like towards the end of the year. Um, if Renata's been successful, we will see fewer injuries. And, and I think we've always remarked, we've always been kind of like, why is it like other teams can just stay healthy? Like other teams play a full season and stay healthy, and yet we always consistently have three or four players on the injury list yep. with hamstrings and other things like that. So, and we've got a new trainer, so yeah. let's, let's, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Anyway, that, that I just want to make sure that we, we comment on that. And uh, yeah, that's I think that's the that's the wrap up of the depressing soccer week for for the D.C. for D.C. soccer and Richmond, uh, Richmond soccer fans. But I think, you know, I I don't think a, I don't think it draws out of out of their own possibility this weekend. I don't I don't either. I, I think there is I, I will be curious to see. I think it's going to depend on who's back. Um, and I think it's going to depend on how what type of lineup is thrown out there against Leon and then what lineup we see come out there, whether he plays, obviously Zalareon will be there. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, either way, it, you know, keep, keep heart DC fans. It, it's, it, we, we remarked, Heinz Ike remarked to me, he said, we're going to lose games, you know, like it's going to happen. Like we're going to lose games playing this way. So, um, so yeah, oh, they were gonna... I just, I just, um, so let's be, this will be 90 <laughs> seconds. I told you to wrap. I told you to you, wrap. You told me to wrap, and here we are. Yeah, I wanted to quickly talk about the Ben Olsen, uh, the Ben Olsen podcast. Yeah, we almost forgot about that. Jeez, wow, what are we? All right, keep, go on. Don't. I screwed that up. So uh, that so he was on an interview with Alan Gordon, Sal Zizzo, and one other former LMLS player, and it was to some degree standard fare. I think he, I think Ben talked about his art, and he talked about sort of his role with the team. Uh, he, he made he made clear that he is an advisor to the front office and to the organization. I think he knows that, that he doesn't know what that means. It's sort of just like, I'm very lucky to have the relationship I do with the owners and the fan base to continue to be employed while I figure out my next move. Uh, Alan Gordon basically put it to him like, are you going to coach again? And he's like, you know, I, maybe I'll, I think I might potentially, but, you know, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll coach my kids. Uh, and then Alan pushed him again to do it. And he was like, uh, if you're a betting man, you got to make a better. Are you coaching again or are you not coaching again? He's like, I'm coaching again. Uh, and then the question was, like, in the MLS, could you coach for Red Bull? And he was like, I don't think they want me at Red Bull. So, no. <laughs> but and he, and he said, like, and I want Jim Curtin to have this job forever. But he made it seem like Philly would be interesting. You know, he's from, he's from I think, uh, Harris, Harrisburg. From- yeah, he's from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So I, I that would be the only other place if you look for like a familial ties. But he he did make it clear that the the concept always has been like, oh, Ben will never leave because Ben doesn't Ben could never leave DC. He was like, I can move. <laughs> I'll move for a job. I, I I'm not you know I love it here, but I could I could be somewhere else too. Um, uh, the other thing he made he I don't want to say he was being critical of Ernan specifically but he was being critical of the if you he's like basically they, they go to him into it they're like let's look at the coaches who have succeeded here in mls and what are the things that what are the ties that bind them and then they went through like smetzer arena um uh, who's the coach who's the coach now in la that wasn't toronto greg vanny greg vanny thank you yes. and jim Curtin. so looking at the united the, the u.s born and bred players who have done well here Versus coaches that come in, other than uh, Tata, like we just don't necessarily seem to do well. And he was basically like, I think coaches come in with a different mindset of the American player, and they don't necessarily understand the cultural elements of how to get the best out of an American player. It's different than other places. And he was making it sound like, good luck, Ernan. Good, good, good luck, good luck with all the things about this league that make it hard. For outsiders, make the progress has changed, but the American coach has gotten much better, and the American coach has an X factor that does that does well in this league with these players. So I thought that was I thought that was a little interesting. He was certainly not, you know, he was not being catty at all. But I I, I just read into it. He was basically like, I think the American coach doesn't get their due, uh, and I think owners look to the outside as this is it's going to solve all our problems. If we bring in somebody that's great in Europe, then how are they going to do here? Um, not the case. He also talked about players that he was pursuing in the past. Diego Forlan, they've apparently went after many, many times. He talked about the Veron, uh, the the deal that wasn't 
Um, but he, he both, he, he, you know, it's a really good did interview. Talk, Check did it out. Any, did he talk anything about Rooney? Did he talk about? He did. He said that Rooney was, uh, Alan, I think it was Gordon again, asked him like sort of, you know, what, what can you tell us about him? Was he tough to handle? Was he blah, blah, blah. And, and Ben said like, no one's easy to handle. Like no, no, no one has, there's never a, a situation where you don't have some problems with the player, but I think he said, as superstars go, I don't think he could have been any easier. So there were some elements that he did not like. He said that he raised the expectations of all the players around him. And then when he left, you could, you could see it go away. Uh, that the, the, you want to, and it's not for the coach and it's not for the play. It's not for the fans. They, I think, I think it was Dallas was talking about that. He was basically like, you know, your first couple of years as a professional athlete, you want to do it for the fans, and it really matters to you if they're booing you, and it matters if if they like you or not. But then that goes away, and you get harder skin, and then the only thing that matters is what do your teammates think of you, and you're gonna you're willing to do one more sprint, you're willing to do one more thing in practice if there's a player that you want to think that you're good, like if that's that's what that's what motivates you more than more than anything else. And he said that Wayne did that for players, Wayne did that especially for Lucho, and he and and Ben pointed to the PSG thing as the thing that soured Lucho on the team. So that's the first time I've heard someone that didn't speculate that was basically like, this is what happened. <laughs> Lucho, was, Lucho was pissed and then didn't want to play anymore. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting how he was saying that Wayne was, you know, the things we all know about Wayne was he's, he's down to earth. He likes to, uh, he, he mixed it up with the boys. He wasn't, he wasn't a part, uh, but he, he did, he made it sound like there were, you know, he was as good as he could have expected. It was the first time he'd ever managed anyone closely like in that in that realm but overall ben wants to coach again ben is ben should be doing media because he was very engaging and funny uh right now he's he's making up his time doing lots of art and that's fine and then hanging out with i think it was mark ingram at the at the home opener uh of of the of the new orleans uh saints so so they're they've got him doing whatever they've got him doing but i think i think you're going to see him coaching probably next year we might bet I would say that's a, that that might be a safe bet. I could see another. I mean, if if Kurt and could get another job and and other coaches out here, Gary Smith apparently can get go out and get another job in MLS. Uh, there's certainly room for Ben, and and I I'd be curious to see you know what he does with this team. And I guess to that effect, I wonder if the lessons DC took from Wayne or said we need to get a coach that can do that because right now things are awful and we need a coach that's gonna you know push people and you know get other people around him. I, I feel like this team has taken the lessons the hard way from Wayne Rooney in that they need to do more and they need to think differently. Uh, we're seeing that with with uh, with Lucy coming into the club um, as well. So Yeah, cynically, you could just look at this move as we can't afford a whole bunch of Waynes, but what we can do is hire a motivator that's going to get the absolute best out of these players if it kills them. He will he will get at whatever they have and, and if that's not enough then we know we need different players and we know we need other people but he will not allow loafing he will not allow players to not give a hundred percent even if it makes their legs explode yeah. so <laughs> so that's the that's the cheaper way to do things I guess but we'll see if it works we're hope, hopeful that we continue to progress is all we want to see and some healthy bodies come back and then we can actually start evaluating this team on on its merits exactly. All right, folks, that's going to do it. We're, we're, we're for sure going to close out this show. No Thank more, no more, no more. Uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot. That's the we're done with this. We're done with this. Yeah, we'll close the book on on this game. Uh, we'll get you ready for, for Saturday. Saturday afternoon, a very different game from what we experienced. What we experienced. I even that even took me by surprise. I said, oh, man, it's at 130. Jeez, I got to figure this out. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, thank you all so, so much for listening. You guys are all legends for listening to the podcast. Uh, check us out, patreon.com slash RFPRefugees. Uh, check out, donate to our Patreon. Donate $5, submit uh, submit your entry, and try to win the, uh, the scarf. So definitely do that. Uh, thank you all again so much for listening. We'll catch you guys on Thursday. Vamos. Vamos. <laughs>